Our guest this episode is someone who you definitely know if you're a part of the horror community, but if horror is not your cup of tea, then you can at least appreciate this guy's hustle. Once a fan like any of us, our guest kind of broke ground back in the mid-aughts when he created his series of various horror filming location videos called Horror's Hollowed Grounds. If you've ever attended a major horror convention over the last 15 years, chances are you've at least seen this man in the wild. If you've ever purchased a blue ride from indie label Scream Factory, then chances are you've seen an episode of Horror's Hollowed Grounds as a bonus feature. And finally, if you've ever watched or listened to the Thing With Two Heads podcast, then you're definitely familiar with our guest. He's a promoter, a creator, a podcaster, an all-around good guy, and according to Netflix, he's a horror expert as well. Kids and heroes, please welcome Sean Clark to the show today. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, Sean. No problem. No problem. I'm not really a promoter. I'm a, I'm a, an agent. A promoter is the guy who puts on the show. I bring the talent to the show. Okay. So. Yeah. Touche. Well played. You're right. Uh, but thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, it definitely means a lot to me that you're doing this for us. So no problem. Um, I've broken the conversation down to various main topics. So let's start with the podcast first. The thing with two heads, one of the best things that come out of the pandemic, in my honest opinion, was the inception of the thing with two heads podcast that you do with Academy Award winning makeup artist Christopher Nelson. Not even a month into the lockdown, I personally started dealing with panic attacks for the first time in my life. It just totally sucked, which was the absolute worst. But I've always credited your show for helping me cope with that. I don't know what it was, maybe just being able to sit down and watch a couple of my favorite people talk hard and life each week. No, I don't know. Whatever it was, it worked. So first of all, thank you for that. I truly mean it. And just where did the idea come from and why Christopher Nelson as your co-host? Well, uh, I appreciate that. First off, um, it's pretty crazy how so many people have said that to us in regards to it helped them deal with whatever negative shit they were dealing with during the pandemic. And I, I to me, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around cause we're just two schmucks talking about horror. Um, <laughs> right. but for whatever reason, I, I, th- the 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 common thread i've been getting feedback wise from people that have said those very same comments you just did was that there was a sense of like they were hanging out with us and they felt like they were just kind of chilling with friends and things were normal and yeah. and it, it it put them at ease and and that's awesome and I, i'm so happy for that that's that is completely unintentional as far as, you know, we, we didn't set out to, Hey man, let's help people with their problems. You know, <laughs> right, um, right, right. it was just, uh, it, it, it's just, uh, it's just a weird, the whole thing is weird. Um, I've been, you know, a, a lifetime horror fan and as the podcast thing has, you know, it's really taken off Jesus and, you know, in the past 10 years, you know, it's not like it's something new, but I think podcasts, in general, really surged during COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, it was just one of those things I've always listened to different, I'd listen to different horror podcasts and I would want to chime in, you know, but I can't because I'm on yeah, the other side right. of the screen and and I'm just like, 
God, most of the time I'm like, man, I could do this better than these people. Or I, or, you know, I have a, a voice and an opinion that is different or I don't know. I just, I always felt like I could contribute to that. Um, but I didn't want to do it by myself because I didn't want it to just be me. You know, unless you have somebody to bounce things off of, it's kind of boring, you know? Right. And, um, so it's always something that's been in the back of my head, but I never, ever pursued it at all. And Chris and I have become really good friends and, uh, you know, we've known each other for years, but we just became friends, uh, around the 2018 Halloween movie coming out. So we had so many mutual friends involved with the project that it really kind of opened up our relationship, uh, to where we got to know each other. And, funny story is that we both thought the other person hated the other person. <laughs> like <laughs> it was one of those things where we'd see each other. We knew who we, we, we were. We'd always say hi to each other friendly, right. like at a party or a convention or what? Oh, Hey bro. Hey, Oh, Hey man. How, hey, how you been? Oh, good. Yeah. And then we'd walk away and go, that fucking guy hates me. He, I can just tell he hates me. And it was funny he said that to me first and I'm like, dude, I used to think you hated me. And it was just this weird sort of thing, ego thing. I don't know. But anyway, during the pandemic the, to make a long answer longer, um, he just one day said, you know, we should do a podcast. And I was just like, wow, I've been waiting for the right person to ask me to be in. A, I've never, to my shock, and then maybe that's me just having a big fucking ego and be like, I can't believe nobody ever asked me to do it. Um, <laughs> I, I I was surprised with all the people I knew and people that I knew involved with podcasts that nobody ever asked me. I've been asked to be a guest tons of times, but nobody's ever asked me to, do you want to do one? You know, you want to you know, join forces or whatever? Right, commit to and it. And when he, what's that? I said, commit to it. Yeah. And when he asked, I mean, I was immediately like, dude, you are perfect to do this with. I mean, I mean, he and I, because all we do would get on the phone and talk for a couple hours, just nerd shit. And I was just like, that's basically what we're doing on the phone every time we talk. So, yeah. Per and, and, you know, and he obviously has recognition because, you know, he's an Academy Award winner and well-respected in the horror community and the effects community and, and very knowledgeable about the genre. I was like, dude, you, this is perfect. And we're two fucking old white dudes that are grumpy. So yeah, works. <laughs> there you go. Um, not that it, so, I, I meant that in a funny way. Not that I know. I, I know. only do. I only do that with a white dude. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I shortly, well, take it, take it from this grumpy old white dude. That's exactly how I and I got started. And I still hate this bastard, even though we've known each other for yeah. part of twenty years. We're yeah, just sitting go. around <laughs> shooting shit, talk about our favorite movies, especially especially the genre. So. Something about yeah. that, you know, that dichotomy works over the air as opposed to just one guy bouncing it off his own microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I, I think it's a horror thing, too. It plays a part in it, for sure. Um, now, I know it was a pandemic project at first, and then it just took off, and now, 
I mean, you guys haven't put put out. I mean, you guys used to be a weekly podcast, but then you know when once things started to ease up and you know back to business as usual, obviously yeah. the show. But you're still committing to it. You're doing your best. Um, do you? We're, guys... we're trying. We're really trying to do one a month. And if I we can, that. if if we can do at least one a month, uh, I'll be happy. I mean, our last one, it's been Christmas. just over a month. Yeah, it was. But we recorded a new one on Saturday. I'm. I'm. Hopefully, I'll have it done. I'll have it edited tonight, and hopefully, up tomorrow. So, perfect. Do you? Uh, do you see any more guest interviews or ranking episodes in the future? Or was that more of a lockdown thing? Um. Uh. It. It. Getting the guests isn't hard for us. It's. It's committing to a time. That's the problem is i mean just getting chris to be able to commit to last saturday was really tough um yeah, because he's doing you know, ends, he's, isn't he yeah he's deep into that now and they only have saturday and sundays off we were supposed to do it the saturday before and he ended up having to work for some reason um i don't know what happened exactly or if you know they threw a that's what happens a lot, you know, in his gig, the director will go, Hey, I've got this great idea. We should do this. Can you make a head for that? And then that's how he's spending his weekend is, you know, putting together this new gag that somebody thought up on the spot, you know? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's really hard to nail down a guest, uh, when we don't even know when the hell we can do it, you know? Makes so, sense. Um, you know, uh, hopefully our, I mean, uh, you know, the bad part is it's not going to get any better. I mean, I'm, no. my schedule starts getting nuts, right? You know, I'm doing my first convention of the weekend or excuse me, my first convention of the year this weekend. And then, uh, I have an, another one in February. And then when March hits, it's every weekend for like two months straight. It's just boom, 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 boom. And it's going to be, you know, and that leaves me. A lot of people don't know what kind of schedule that is because it, it, it really is leaving on a Thursday, uh, flying to, to wherever it is, doing the convention Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and coming home on Monday. So you're basically home Monday night, Tuesday, and Wednesday, which you're spending – the time unpacking, doing laundry, repacking, uh, you know, putting away these clients' photos and banners and grabbing the ones for the next show, ordering more photos for the following show, ordering more flights for the other show. I mean, it's like a real nonstop business that when I get rolling, I rarely have downtime, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it, it's going to get harder and harder uh, to to maintain, you know, because I put a lot of time into the editing part. And um, if we were just, you know, doing live episodes and just throwing them up, you know, whatever, it'd be a lot easier. But, you know, I, I like to try to put time into them and uh, give the episodes personality by adding in little things and doing different cuts and adding in photos and all that stuff. So 
Oh, Sean, as someone who edits this podcast, I totally can relate. I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, it'll take me... Our episodes average around two and a half to three hours each week, and it takes me seven, eight, sometimes even nine hours to edit the whole thing. Like, I'm still editing tomorrow's yeah. episode. I get it, you know? You, you want to put that yeah, touch no, on that's, it, so... Totally. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Our next episode is about a two-hour episode, and mm -hmm. I think I'm about 50 minutes into it, and I've already spent, I don't know, I've probably already edited for three or four hours, you know? So, yeah, because you're doing video. That's a different beast altogether. I'm just doing audio, so I, I can only imagine. Yeah, the, the video, yeah, that's, it, yeah, it's adding all the pictures and Mm -hmm. um and video clips or whatever it is i'm throwing in there as i'm trying i try to you know I, I find that a lot of the comedy of our podcast comes through in the edit um you know so mm -hmm. i i like to be able to just let it run and not have to make cuts but you know the you just for flow purposes that's the thing i'll sit down once i'm done with this cut I'll sit down and watch it again and tighten it and go through the, you know, so, so yeah. that means just watching that episode, it's two hours. So you put making little cuts and then I'm boom, another four hours of editing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, so anyway. Right. Um, so a lot of regulars would often write in that came from that show, such people mm -hmm. as boogeyman, Ben, my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, especially when Chris butchers Colin Murdy, Colin Murdy, and Hungry Wives. Murdy. These guys are becoming their own characters. They're like our whack pack. I, if we were, I, I if, know. If, if we were Howard Stern show, this is our whack pack. <laughs> Did we got to give them a name. I know. Hmm. Shit. <laughs> I think about that one. Did uh, you ever meet any of them once convention started last year? Did they ever come up to you and be like, hey, uh, I'm so-and-so, and actually be that person? Yes. Yes. I haven't met those two, I don't think, but I did meet the ever-scathed. Ah, uh, the ever I met, yes. Yeah, I met him. Um, I've met, uh, oh, God, I think the guy that we call, uh, well, his name's Michael Johnson. We call him the runner because <laughs> of the <laughs> yeah. gold medalist. Um, I've I've met, uh, oh, uh, what's that one guy's name? The guy that keeps bringing us the beers. Um, oh, his name's escaping me at the moment. I'm on the spot. Uh, but, but, but it's funny. I have met quite a few people come up and say, oh, big fan of the show, blah, blah, blah. Get a picture. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and we'll be talking for a few minutes and they'll be, oh, yeah, you know, I, I posted about that. By the way, I'm... I go by blah, blah, blah. And I'm always like, Oh fuck, that's you. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. It usually seems to take them a while before they introduce themselves as those people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool. It's like, it's like these people are becoming our friends, but we've never met them. You know, it's strange. And you also yeah. start to, put a picture in your mind of what you think they would look like, even though you have nothing to go on. Um, you know, Colin Murdy, I've seen on Instagram because we're friends on Instagram. So I know what he looks like. So if he walked up to me, I think I'd recognize him. 
but I don't know what boogeyman Ben looks like off the top of my head. If I've seen a picture of him or not, mm. but no, he's got That's his own cool. theme song. I know it's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, are there any current get off my lawn things that are pissing you off? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I threw down on the new episode. Uh, nice. okay. it's funny is, is, uh, we, it's almost like we had an intervention on the new episode because I start to get into the get off my lawns and, and suddenly Chris starts going, you know, I, I don't really have any. And, you know, I'm trying not to focus on negative stuff and, and he starts getting all, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, bro. I, so, anyway, it, it, and he's being serious too. And I fucking reel him back in. I reel him back into the hate feed that hate so exactly i got so i got him complaining about something um but as far as uh let's see what was one of my get off my lawns from this episode i know i bitched a little more about the cashless thing because another a couple places i deal with are going cashless and it's like what the fuck is with the cashless thing all of a sudden i mean I like yeah, having options. Weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I I really feel like the government is using. I'm here. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theory guide, so don't think I'm this one of these dudes that has conspiracy theories. But <laughs> yeah, I legitimately right. think the government is using this whole COVID thing to try to go cashless so they can track our our purchases. And and let's face it, you know they people that make money under the table cash and don't pay taxes on it that's money the government's losing if they could eliminate that and go all it all had to be traced traceable fuck they'd be reeling raking in the money so i don't doubt it that they're trying to go in that direction and this whole coin shortage where the fuck did all the coins go I was still working I was still working retail a year and a half ago and yeah. we had to put those signs up and like, you know, exact change or credit only. And I'm, and, and I'm sitting, I'm looking at seven different drawers in my mobile department, chock filled with bills and pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters. You know, I could break a hundred dollar bill down to, down, down to nickels and quarters for you if you want. I don't believe that bullshit. Oh, nobody can transport yeah. them from the mint because they can't drive, slap a mask on, grab some gloves, and hand deliver the, you know, the coins to your bank. I've been feeling the same way for a year and a half, man. I think you're right. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's away from the reaping the, you know, the, the, let's face it, probably billions of lost tax dollars, you know, on the table transactions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and you know, I just that that, you know, for people who, you know, let's say for example, you're someone who doesn't believe in banks and your whole life you've been tucking cash away, you know, and maybe a safety deposit box or, or, or a safe or whatever. Mm -hmm. If suddenly the government says, and this happened in the UK, I don't know if you know about this, but in the UK, they decided to change their currency. And uh, mm -hmm. what they did was you had to turn in, you had to go to the bank and turn in all of your dollars and change uh to get new currency um otherwise after a certain period of time that it, they wouldn't accept it anymore so, so and i found out 
the way I found out about this is I do a lot of conventions overseas. Right, right. And I brought back cash and I'd been sitting on some some British pounds and I went back to the UK and I was like trying to pay them. They said, oh, we don't accept that anymore. I go, what do you mean you don't accept that anymore? And that's how I found out like, wait, this money isn't good anymore. Are you serious? Wow. And so imagine if you're sitting on, you know, a couple hundred grand in cash and one day the government said you had to turn it all in or it wasn't going to be worth anything anymore. Well, you go to the bank and you try to turn that money in. They're going to be like, uh, where did all this cash come from? You know? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It, it, it's a whole, it's a whole double-edged sword, you know? Um, yeah. and, and that's even if, and I'm saying, you know, that's legal money, money that you just saved that you put away on your own, you know? Mm -hmm. So can you believe the, the nightmare it would be having to go back and prove where you, you say, I've been saving this money my whole life. Oh, well, you know, yeah, exactly. I, you know, so I, yeah. Suddenly you have all this money. It's like, no, I've been, this is my savings, you know, just cause I don't have it in a bank, you know? So I'm mean, not just that in a shoebox all my life. Yeah. That's just an example. You know, that's just one example of, you know, the way the government could fuck with you in those regards. Um, right. And it's a scary thought to think about that, you know? Uh, so and, 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 anyway, and meanwhile, George Orwell's grinning from beyond the grave. Like I told you fuckers like 70 years ago, y'all didn't want to listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's and, and you know what? What about the people that don't have credit cards that, I mean, exactly. my, I can tell you, my dad, uh, you know, and maybe this is where some of my mentality comes from. I mean, I have credit cards and I have bank accounts, but I'm just saying my dad never had a credit card. My my whole childhood and growing up, he he was always cash. Like he he used to say, "Oh, I fucking hate credit cards." I, you know, there's people that that don't want to do that. You know, um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting if they try to go that route, but I don't see it changing. I only you know, and the excuse was, "Oh, because of COVID, you know, we don't transmissibility of disease on the paper transaction." What are you talking about? I still got to touch this fucking keypad. You know, I, you know, it's, I don't know, a bunch of bullshit. Exactly. The bunch of bullshit that people are using COVID to cover up for. It's just, yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's, let's turn the yeah. uh, conversation well, that, to something better. Real quick. What's up? No, real quick on? though. Yeah. Real quick. So what, when we started, when I was reeling, reeling him back in, he, that was one of the things he jumped on is COVID being the excuse for everything. And he kind of <laughs> went hard. He went hard on that. So anyway, move on. All right, no problem. Let's, uh, let's talk conventions uh, since we kind of teased it earlier, or you did rather. So, yeah, you answered mm -hmm. my first question. Convention season right around the corner. In fact, yeah. this coming weekend's your first. Um, yeah. I'll, a lot of casual fans of the show might not know this, but you're kind of solely responsible for getting Jamie Lee Curtis to do her first hard convention appearance. I know it was 10 years ago, but if you guys out there listening have any of the dozen editions of Halloween that's been released over the last decade, there's an hour-long documentary on there all about it that was made by Curtis's daughter. It's an amazing documentary. Check it out. Her sister. Sister. Okay. Shit. Thank you. So, with this year being the 10th anniversary of that event, 
where are you at on getting her for another convention? If you had to put a Vegas bet on it, would you say she'll do at least one more in her lifetime? I definitely would have bet my life on it before COVID because we were already talking about doing another one. Um, okay. Since COVID happened, I don't know if we'll ever get her back out there. Uh, I haven't had a real serious discussion with her about it since we've talked about doing a private signing. Um, but as far as a convention, it's really going to depend on where things go with this virus and, you know, basically just what happens in the world. Cause let's face it. She doesn't need to do it. You know, no, not at all. Um, she, she, you know, so, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm hoping that I get to talk to her soon on, uh, maybe on the set of the new film. Uh, if I happen to go by there, I'm, I might be, that hasn't been mm. for sure. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I mean, it, they're, they're being a lot tighter now because of COVID as far as like, they really don't want visitors and stuff. Um, right. but Makes if sense. I do end up going, I'm hoping I can chat with her a little bit about that and, and, you know, see where her head's at with it. Um, you know, next year is the, would, would be the 45th anniversary of Halloween. So if we were going to stick to tradition, you know, uh, it would be the 45th convention, mm -hmm. um, which would be amazing to get her at, but I have a but feeling What's that? No, I, I was just about to say, I'm sorry. I was just going to add that you have mentioned before on the show that you almost got her for the 40th. Yes. Yeah. Um, she did make a video apologizing for not being able to be there, but um, she was on board, but then there was a family thing out of the country that she couldn't get out of that she had to go to. Um but uh, my feeling is I, I kind of feel like by next October, well, not this October, but October 2023, which is what we would, if we did a 45th, is when it would be likely. Um, I have a feeling she'll be all Halloweened out by then. Uh, because mm -hmm. I feel like everybody who's involved with the Halloween films, the three, the new trilogy... Mm -hmm. All, everybody I know seems to be just so ready for it to be over because they're <laughs> sick to fucking death of Halloween. I mean, right. even Chris, Chris, who's a massive Halloween fan, is like, dude, I just want to get this fucking thing done and never think about another Halloween movie ever again. I mean, you know, it, it's a you know, it's a job. Yeah, and right, I'm sure she's gonna be super burned out on Halloween by the time she's done promoting Halloween ends and it's come out and it's over and done with, it'll be like asking her to come back again. So <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if, if getting her for a 45th is realistic. Um, but yeah, it, it is crazy that this year is the 10 year anniversary of that. Um, yeah. It'd be pretty awesome if we could get her to come back to Whorehound for a 10th, for a 10th anniversary. Well, I don't think they have an Indianapolis show this year, so it have to be their uh it would have to be their Cincinnati show in September. 
but okay. I, I'm not saying that that's happening or, you know, right, right, uh, of course. I, that would, that would be cool if it did. Cause I think it, it was, oh, it was November. It was November 2012. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So who knows? It's crazy. It's been 10 years. That's nuts. That's so nuts. <laughs> um, I was really touched the other day. I don't know if you saw this, that she replied to my post about my dog on Instagram I and I was No, I didn't see that. No. Yeah, I was the it, it caught me off guard because I I didn't even realize she followed me. <laughs> Cuz she she'd never replied to anything I'd ever posted before. So it was uh and I was like looking and I then I looked at her account and I go, "Oh shit. She follows me. That's cool." Um, you know. Uh That's cool. so Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it was it was really touching. I appreciated it. It, it it, yeah, it was nice. I got a little emotional it about it. Was that? I said, I'll have to check it out. I haven't been active on Instagram really that much lately, but I'm sure I'll get back in and uh, yeah. uh, look look at it. So um, It's usually just accessible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sean and I are from Baltimore. In fact, we live no more than 10, 15 minutes from Hunt Valley, where Dave Hagen's Monster Mania comes to town every September and October. Um, mm-hmm. So we're very familiar with the atmosphere and the way Dave has everything planned and orchestrated. Um, we just covered the film Serial Mom, which was filmed entirely around that area where the convention's held. Oh. Do you often travel down into Baltimore whenever you're in town, or do you even get time to do stuff outside of conventions whenever you travel? Um, I usually don't because usually, you know, they they pick us up from the airport, take us to the hotels, you know, and that's usually where the convention is, or it's connected to the convention center or whatever. And we do the Mm -hmm. convention and then we go home. Um, You know, we don't usually have access to a car and, and transportation and stuff. So um, we don't normally see much outside of airports, convention centers and hotels. Uh, But if there's a particular location that maybe there's something I want to see or something I want to do, I'll try to work that into my schedule. Like for example, oddly enough, Maryland, excuse me. Um, excuse me. Um, I, I made it a point the last monster mania in hunt Valley that I took some time and I, uh, because one of the girls who works for me actually lives near there. So she had a car and I asked her if I could borrow her car. And I went to Georgetown and I shot Horrors Hollow Grounds episodes of Exorcist one and three. And nice. Nice. Yeah. But unfortunately, Uh-oh. I, I couldn't get into the bar uh, where they shot they shot one and three in that bar. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? It's called the, Oh, oh no, Sean, do you oh, know? It's what's uh, the name I, of it? No, it's um, actually escaping me. I don't get, it's I don't an get underground. Hold on. It's got a name like the, the something it's the something. Uh, hold on. I'm looking it up while we're talking anyway. Um, uh, so, it's funny is that bar had been closed during COVID. Right. Um, and I looked it up and they were having a job fair that Saturday of monster mania. Um, 
And I went over there thinking, okay, you know, they're going to be doing interviews. Uh, so the, you know, the bar is going to be accessible. Um, right. and it's called the tombs, the tombs. The to- I, I just scored it up myself. Okay. There it is. The yeah. tombs. Okay. So, so I go there and the day I go, they have a table set up outside of the bar and I'm <laughs> like, Hey, you know, uh, and I explain why I'm there. And the guy was like, Oh yeah, the bar is not accessible right now. They're doing some remodeling and some construction down there and, and it's closed off and yeah, sorry. I was like, fuck. Damn. And it, it, it literally reopened like soon after. So right. I, I'm one of these guys. I'm, I'm a real completist. I try never to it's happened you know, where I've released an episode and then found a location later. Um, but since I know it's there and I, I want to get it done, so I'm kind of sitting on those episodes until I can get back there, which mm-hmm. honestly may not be until September when the next Monster Mania is. Yeah, um, you don't do anything else outside of Philly and, except for that one convention, really. That's it. That's just Well, there's, the one. yeah, I do... There's nothing else around well, here. There, there used to, there used to be um, horror find, but they don't do that. It was anymore. in the same hotel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just, yeah the horror find just kind of, you know, I did. I almost felt like they traded places, or because uh, that was my first convention. The first three or four I went to is when it was still horror find, and then, you know, Dave swept in, and and Monster Mania just tended to draw, you know, well, bigger talent, bigger crowds. Yeah, the thing about Horrifying is he moved to Gettysburg. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I meant. Yeah, he's he started doing more yeah. out of the PA area, and yeah, you know, it was. And then the the show kind of failed. Yeah, because every and year he was doing a pet cemetery reunion. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it got <laughs> same to be guest every year. Yeah, it, it it did get to be a little repetitious to the point where. You know, I was like, I don't need to get the whole weekend pass. In fact, I can show up after lunch on Saturday and get it all done. You know? Yeah. Right. Well, I only got to work with him once. I knew about the show for years, but for whatever reason, that was a nut I couldn't seem to crack. And hmm. and then his last show, which was Getty, was a Gettysburg show, I did. And it was okay. It wasn't very good. Um and he ended up ripping off a lot of the guests. Um, <laughs> what? Jesus. Yeah, there was guarantees not paid. And then when we got home from the convention, everybody started to get uh, letters from the hotel saying that the rooms weren't paid and requesting them to pay them. What? And, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, so, man. So then all of a sudden he disappeared. Like he literally like the guy, the guy disappeared. He took the money and ran. Yeah. Yeah. And so horrifying, horrifying was done. And then that's when Dave moved into, into their old hotel in, in, in Hunt Valley. But then I don't know the circumstances all I know is soon after, not soon after Dave moved into Hunt Valley's, I don't think that had anything to do with it, but whatever problems this guy was going through financially or whatever in his life, he apparently killed himself. No oh, shit. And 
Yeah. And his name was Mike, Mike something. Um, but uh, that's what I heard that he, that he took his life and, wow. and yeah. So, mm. well, speaking of monster mania, can you talk, I've been dying to hear this story for years with there even is one. Can you talk about what happened with the Monster Mania convention? Now, there was one that Dave had in Cherry Hill, which is right outside of Philadelphia, where they often have the mm-hmm. conventions there. Uh, it was in yeah. 2015 for a 20th anniversary panel for Halloween Curse of Michael Myers that he announced, including Paul Rudd, only for a cancellation post that we all expected to be followed a few days later because at that time he was Ant-Man. We were like, no way he's doing these conventions like... Do you remember yeah. this? Because it boggled my mind that he was even announced to begin with. Um, all I know is there's an agent uh, who claimed to have re- was going to be repping him and oh, pitched him to oh, like th- pitched him to like three different shows. And I think at least two of the three announced him. And within 24 hours, of the announcement uh, I think it was CAA or whoever he's represented by contacted them and said, take that down immediately. And, mm. uh, and I don't know what actually, why or how this person thought that they had him on board, but you know, it was ludicrous. who knows? I, I like, don't know if no way. You know what? It shit happens though. Unfortunately, these big agencies, this is something I've been dealing with forever. You know, I've been doing this now gosh, what's it going on 17 years. And the agencies, the big agencies, WME, CAA, Innovative, mm-hmm. you know, right. all those agencies would shit all over the convention scene. Like if you contacted them, like say, say you wanted to try to get anybody, I don't care who it is, how big or how small of a star, if they were represented by an agency like that, if you called them and said, Hey, you know, I'm so I'm, if you were the promoter, if you were Dave Hagen from Monster Mania and you called them and said, Hey, I put on a convention in Maryland and I would love to have Paul Rudd attend my show. Odds are they, they would, if, if they would even take your call, they would probably just say uh either oh sorry uh paul's not available or um or we'll get back to you and then they, uh, you know even if he said look i i'm i'm gonna offer him a hundred thousand dollars to show up um they would be like okay we'll, we'll take that to him and we'll get back to you and then they never hear from him again because you have to realize agencies like that you know who are who do multi-million dollar deals for films and get you know, 10%, they're looking for those big paydays. They're looking for those $100,000 in their pocket paydays, you know? Right. Um, To them, even on a $100,000 deal, 10 grand, is that really worth their time? You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And they would just blow you off. And then if you did get to the celebrity, they would tell the celebrity, oh, you don't want to do that. That's a bad look conventions that's for has-beens that's for people that are washed up (laughs) well something started happening in like around the 20 2014 era when guys like me were proving that there was real money to be made 
at those shows with guys like Norman Reedus. And all of a sudden those agencies started to, to catch wind of it. And what they started to do was open their own personal appearance divisions of their agencies. You know, they had a theatrical division, a TV division, a voice division. Now they're doing personal appearances. Well, they didn't. And most, for the most part, still don't know what the hell they're doing. And they, they're all about control, those agencies. And they even went after guys like Norman and like John Bernthal, who worked with me for years and basically told them, oh, by the way, we're going to be handling your convention stuff from now on. And they were like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, oh, like I got right, a guy. Right. I got a guy that does that. Uh, and, and believe me, they were they were aggressive. They they really fought. And fortunately, those dudes are loyal. And and they didn't, you know, they didn't go with them. But I had I had a couple clients that did. And uh, two of my clients left me. One of them is about five years ago, left me for innovative. Uh, he, he they guilted him. They actually told him, well, you know, if you prove your loyalty to us and prove that you're all in with us. <laughs> You know, we would be more motivated to get you, you know, more films and stuff like they were right. like, really going to fucking dangle that carrot. Well, he went with them five years ago. This is a dude I did probably eh, at least six shows a year with. In five years, I have never seen him at a convention ever again. So, Damn. Oh. yeah, what so was. Kind of on a similar topic, I think I remember you telling a story, and I think it was a story about, um, a, was it was it Jason Patrick where he felt the convention yep. was beneath yep, him? Yep, the Jason Patrick and you're story. Like, yes, and you're like, dude, they don't give a shit. You're fucking Michael from the Lost Boys in 1986. These people don't give yep. a shit about anything. <laughs> I just loved. I, I just I heard you tell that story. Ed and I were actually on our way back from a sneak preview of some film or something and we were listening to it and i must have been in tears i loved hearing that story you're like dude well these guys don't give a shit you're fucking michael from the lost boys 30 years ago well he you know i mean he he got all like puffing his chest out with me and like saying kind of do you know who i am kind of thing and i just said bro that's awesome that you were academy award nominated that's awesome that you did all these other big movies lost boys that's all yep. they're gonna care about <laughs> right. and and you know and he didn't like to hear that he he didn't he didn't like hearing that and and you know he ended up uh you know he screwed me around for six months canceled on me twice and then ended up rebooking into the same show <laughs> i booked him in twice oh, before Jesus. <laughs> that wow. he canceled with you know he, he, he went with someone else and, you know, now he's all in lost boys, dude. He, he's, he, oh, yeah. you know, now that he gets and it, and now that he's done it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's the one who got Keith for on board, you know? And, Jesus. and Hey, maybe I made a mistake by being a, a little too honest and, and kind of a prick, you know, as far as the dude, this is the reality, you know, me I, as a business person, I like it when people keep it real with me. 
I like, you know, it's like, you may not like hearing this, but here's the real. Do you want to hear the real or do you want me to blow smoke up your ass? Do you want me to sit here and kiss your ass or do you, or do you want to know the truth? <clears throat> so, you know, he didn't like hearing that. And then he went out there, realized I was right. Okay. This Lost Boys thing is a fucking cash cow. I didn't realize it. Now I'm on the fucking Lost Boys cash train. And he's all in, man. And fucking, and he got yeah, Conductor he Kiefer driving the fucking front. He's chilling in the locomotive with the Frog Brothers. And he's having a yeah. good time, you know? Right. So, you know, and, it, and it's like, dude, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it, I can't, you know. I, I at the end of the day, I was right, you know. Right. So. Yeah. You you don't see no Alamo reunion. I mean, you know. What's that? You don't see no Alamo reunion. I ain't seeing no Rush reunion, no Sleepers <laughs> reunion. You know. <laughs> I, I ain't right. seeing none of that. What else? Yeah, I, I ain't I ain't heard anybody talking about a Speed Two reunion. I don't know. Oh, there there, there was two. rumors Jesus. of a Gangster Land reunion not too long ago, but I think that shit the bed. Probably. Hmm. All right, so let's shift yeah. to uh, Horror's Hallowed Grounds. Um, so I saw you featured in a uh, Grim Life Collective video recently. Is that more of a mm -hmm. if you can't beat them, join them thing? Or something that something that he came to you about doing? Or how'd that come about? I enjoy his work, for the record. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's... Uh, um, we met... Uh, at a convention and uh, you know, he, him and his chick are super cool. They're really nice. And um, you know, it was uh, you know, I guess I I'm not going to lie. Uh, when I first got into the YouTube game, I was a little bitter because I had been doing this, the location thing. Shit. Yeah. I really started doing it 95 and you know, my first official video episode that, you know, was out there on the Never Sleep Again documentary was, oh, excuse me, the first one was uh, Halloween 25 uh, Years Halloween. of Terror. Right, right, right. That was in two, 2005. Well, you know, guys like Adam the Woo started doing it on YouTube in like 2010, 2011. Yeah. And right. then Grim Life's only been a few years. And, you know, yeah. I, and I'm seeing these channels blowing up. And then people saying to me, oh, this guy's an Adam the Woo knockoff. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? Oh, you know? right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, Adam's a friend of mine, but, you know, right. yeah. he'll tell you, yeah, you've been, you were doing it way before me, you know. But the problem is I didn't take YouTube seriously. That's my, that's my bad. This is my Jason Patrick moment. I, <laughs> right, I, right. <clears throat> I was holding out. Because I wanted, at the time, before streaming and, and social media type of type stuff started to blow out everything else, I wanted it to be a legitimate TV show. I was trying to get it picked up by like a travel channel or, a, you know, Shudder or something like that, you know. And I got real close a couple of times, like real close. Thought it was a done deal once. I thought it was a done deal actually signed uh, a production deal with a company that felt super confident that they were going to get it sold literally the December before COVID hit. <laughs> oh. So, um, mm. so, 
during COVID, I just kind of, you know, I was sitting around bored, checking out the YouTube stuff. And I'm and I start searching Horrors Hollow Grounds and I'm seeing my episodes on YouTube that people oh, yeah. put up illegally. And some of them had half a million views. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Uh, you know, and I didn't realize, you know, I didn't understand the monetization. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was completely, uh, you know, naive to all of it. And right, I'm like, right, right. fucking motherfuckers are making money off of my shit, you know? So I went out there and I said, you know what? I'm just going to start putting them all up. Fuck it. I'm going to start a channel. I actually had started a channel a few years prior and didn't do anything with it. So it, it had been there kind of sitting dormant. So I started uploading all my episodes and then I had to contact those people that had them up, you know, without my permission. And I politely asked them to take them all, you know, take them down. It was literally three people. One dude was super cool, took them down, you know, said, Hey, you know, I was big fan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate, I actually said, look, I actually appreciate you doing this because he did help me build an audience, even though right. I was, yeah. you know, cause you know, I'm, how many times I'd been at conventions and people come up to me and tell me how much they love my YouTube show. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have a YouTube show. <laughs> right. Right. You know, exactly. what you and what they were talking about was those episodes they had seen on YouTube. But one other guy, I didn't know how to reach him because you can't reach somebody via YouTube. You can't message them, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But um, I was like, how am I going to get a hold of this guy? And I'm trying to search their name on different social medias. I couldn't find it. So all I could do was, you know, basically request YouTube to tell him to take it down, you know. And the guy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So the guy knows how to get a hold of me because, you know, I'm easily accessible on social media. And the guy goes off on me like who you know that's fucked up you did this blah, blah, and i'm just like bro are you seriously bitching at me because really? i want you to take down my shit you stole you know exactly it's bullshit you know whatever um so anyway back to your question i i'm, I'm i didn't really get to it uh so uh so yeah i met michael at a convention and you know he uh told me how much he liked my shit um you know, and I didn't even know if he knew who I was or knew anything. You know, I have to assume I would like, I mean, this maybe is an ego talking, but I would think anybody who does filming locations, specifically horror, you better fucking know who I am, at least. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, that, yeah. I, I would I would think, you know, um, and at first I was like, I don't think this guy has a fucking clue who I am. Um, but no, then he started to tell me, oh yeah, this and that. And he, and, and I was like, oh, cool. And he said, you know, we should do something together sometime. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, why, you know, why not? Definitely. You know, sure. What the fuck? You know, I've seen, you know, me and Adam have collabed on a few things, right. um, and they're fun and, and it's cross promotion, you know, his fan base, see me, maybe some of them dig it and come over and check out my stuff vice versa vice versa um, right and um you know it was an odd one that michael picked you know tron not horror but uh <laughs> but i was like yeah i'm i'm you know a big tron nerd so I, i'm down for that and then you know then he brought up well what about you know do a little thing on your collection too and i said sure 
<clears throat> so, you know, we're talking about something we can do for my channel. Um, uh, and I'm just trying to figure out what that could be. That's something he can join me on. But, right. um, but yeah, he's yeah, a nice right guy. And, and you know what? They've got, here's the thing. They have a, uh, a niche. They have, you know, they're the goth couple that does spooky things, you know? Mm -hmm. So right. they've found their audience and it's a formula that works for them. And, uh, you know, and, and if that's your bread and butter, that's, you know, that is your job. That's your income. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be out there cranking out videos. I mean, the key to success on YouTube is consistency, which I don't have, um, because I have, uh, you know, a real job, not that YouTube isn't a real job, but you know what I mean? I have, a, right, I, know what you mean. I have a, I have a job, a full-time gig. And, um, so YouTube for me is a hobby. It it's, it's fun. If I end up making some money off it, cool. Um, but yeah, so, you know, their shit is blowing up. I mean, I, I've watched their subscription base double in a year, you know, it's crazy. You know, people saying to me, dude, that's nuts that you guys have like 25,000 subscribers in like a year and a half. <clears throat> it is that's pretty damn good but i saw them gain a hundred thousand in a year in one year you know so mm -hmm. you know it's uh you know it's 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 all about you know plus there's all the algorithm bullshit and all that stuff and I, that's I don't, what it is it's the algorithm you know, yeah i mean i'm a 50 fucking going on 52 years old i'm not going <laughs> to be a youtube star you know <laughs> right, not, right right i have no I have no delusions of grandeur, you know, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just the next YouTube out. sensation, Sean Clark. Yeah. 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 I doubt it. Um, so um, I, I actually have a question for you, Sean, while we're on the topic of hollered grounds. I know, uh, for your, your twilight zone episode, you were able to actually zero in on the location, the infamous location. Mm -hmm. You got, you got, you know, kind of right down there in the weeds, um, oh, literally in the weeds. I know, I know. Literally, right. While well, being there, was was there any feeling of like uncomfortability? Like you know, like not so much that the ghost of Vic Morrow was haunting you, but where like you almost felt you were. It, it was. I don't want to say sacrilegious, but you kind of felt like it was a bit of, I, I enjoyed it for one, but did you ever feel like mm. maybe I shouldn't be at this spot? This may be a bit exploitive or. No, I mean, it just, it, it, it was more of, uh, of an adrenaline rush. Of I can imagine the, of the excitement of getting there and knowing, yeah. you know, it's trespassing, it's illegal and right. Right. You know, There's that, a bit of a, you know, taboo and, rush and, to go along with it yeah i had this brilliant idea which paid off big time i had this idea because i wanted to get out there and i'd seen people do videos talking about the location and they would do it from the highway you know behind the big fucking fence with the barbed wire and like over there by that mountainside is you know <clears throat> and i was always like fuck man you know i if i'm gonna do this i want to get to the spot you know and also there was a little bit of nostalgia there of, for me that I wanted to go because I used to ride motorcycles there as a kid. 
And I wanted to kind of go back and just like see the area because I hadn't been there since I was, a you know, probably 14. And um, uh, I had this genius idea. Uh, pat myself on the back for this one. I said, I said to my girlfriend, I said, we should do it on Christmas, like Christmas Day. Who the fuck right. is going to be around? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. True. And. Okay. Dude worked like clockwork, man. I mean, it was, it, it couldn't have been more perfect because now see, mind you, I didn't know exactly until I got there where we would have to park. And there's really nowhere to park except for this RV park that has a guard shack and, you know, like, you know, with the, the things that go down, you have to go to the guard and they open the gate for you and all this yeah, shit. Right. Yep. If you go in that RV park, there is a point, a corner of that park that is the closest to getting to that area. And, and there's an area that doesn't have a fence. You just kind of step over this little fence and you're on the property. Um, <clears throat> so had it been any other day, there would have been a guard at that guard shack and that day there was no guard and they were wide open and we just kind of scooted in and drove over there parked and it was so convenient because there was there was visitor parking spots right next to this public restroom in the rv park so i get out go to the bathroom okay let's go <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. so it, yeah it, it worked out very nice um <clears throat> so if anybody's thinking of trying to do that, Christmas Day is a good one. <laughs> it's a little bit of foray um, guerrilla filmmaking for you. Yeah. Uh it was funny. I was thinking about this this just last Christmas. I said, that was a year ago we went to that. <laughs> um That's crazy. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was it was uh, you know, I'm you know, I was talking to Michael from Grim Life about this. It's like I'm not really into the grave stuff and the death sites. And, you know, I, I feel right. a little, if it feels a little disrespective, um, not, not that it, you know, Hey, they're documenting stuff. So I'm not knocking what they do whatsoever. I'm just, for me personally, right. I feel, I, I, it feels a little exploitive for me. And, um, you I know, agree. I feel the same, although, way. yeah, although Vic Morrow died there, I was documenting a filming location, you know? Yep. Um, so it happened to be part of my ep I didn't do an episode on Vic Morrow's death site. I did the Twilight Zone filming locations, Twilight Zone mm -hmm. the movie, and that was one of them. So, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, it was just, uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it was, it was, there was nothing eerie about it. It was just, it was just a little bit of an adrenaline rush and the excitement of, what we went through to get there and you know it was quite a hike and uh it, it was it was exciting that was one of the funner ones i've done uh and it was cool to do it with her because i usually kind of nowadays go on my own and mm -hmm. i would not have had the balls to to fight to have fought through that brush by myself because <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> it it, I mean, it was deep thick and it got that got a little scary because there was a moment cool. there we did get lost coming back like once we found the spot and we're like okay 
we were trying to because it no obviously we had our phones with gps and we could tell what directions we were going in but it was so thick there was only a couple spots we could squeeze through to get to that that and so coming back we went the wrong way and it got a little hairy for a second like <laughs> fuck how the hell are we gonna get out of this you know Jesus. um yeah I, so if somebody does go bring a fucking machete like you know like, <laughs> like indiana jones style through there because it was it yes was, it got i'm not kidding it was it was it and it was bamboo which is crazy right i mean it's like bamboo i didn't know bamboo even grew in southern california <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that the more you know and come prepared uh, otherwise you're gonna be trapped there like john landis's career oh <laughs> sorry i had to do it all right um just got a few more questions sean um yeah, go for it. Let's let's shift the horror. Uh, thoughts on the new Scream? Have you seen it yet? Oh yeah, it's, we cover it quite heavily in the new episode. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, did not care um, for it. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I'll just wait till the episode to uh, just watch it tomorrow or the next day <laughs> and just go from there. Um, have you seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer that Netflix released this morning? literally watched it just before i got on with you guys great thoughts uh, uh it looks better than i thought it would um i mean it looks the same way you know i'm sure it's gonna suck uh <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but i will say it looked better than i expected um i don't know i think my expectations are so low that you know, it's, it's going to be hard to disappoint you. I mean, Ed asked me the same question um, this afternoon, and I was still, I'm still kind of on the fence about it. Like, I I dig the let's gentrify Harlow angle. Like, that's okay. That's unique and kind of you know it brings it up to date. Um, I did get a kick out of the gag at the end where they're trying to cancel Leatherface on the bus, even though it feels yeah. completely out of place in a fucking Texas Chainsaw sequel. I just, what I, I told Ed is like, I don't know that I can wrap my head around Sally Ann Hardesty goes all Laurie Strode by, via lefty and right. You know, like, I mean, only time yeah. will tell. We got a few weeks to, you know, before the, you know, before the answer's upon us. But I well, mean, I, I, I said the same thing. My buddy was over here and he, we watched it together and we both said, yeah, it looks like they're kind of trying to remake Chainsaw 2. You know, right. like she's the new lefty. Exactly. That's exactly what I took from it. Like, Laurie, she yeah. who's Laurie Strode via lefty and right. Yeah, it's like yeah. some. It's like some executive watched Halloween 2018. This made a lot of money. What other franchise have we got? The, <laughs> yes. Uh, Chainsaw. Yes. Is there yes. like an old actress? We can bring? let's get somebody call Marilyn Burns. She's oh, she get died? her on the phone. No, she's <laughs> dead. Oh, she, uh, um, okay. Gunnar Hansen? Gunner. Grab, the, gra grab that chick from the weird Nicolas Cage movie. See what she's up to. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, didn't they already try it, this it, uh, like it, 10 it years ago? It does feel like they're trying to recapture the 2018 Halloween buzz. It does. Know? It does. And I even told that. I said, something tells me, even though we're anticipating this, we're, you know, we're going to get together. We're going to watch it. We're going to, you know have our thoughts on it, but I still feel we're going to walk away saying, you know what? Texas Chainsaw 2 is a better sequel at all. Yeah, well, I don't... I it, I think 
I, I have hopes that it'll at least be better than that last thing, that last Leatherface the, the movie, whole, which the, was the prequel one with Lily Taylor and like guess who's Leatherface, you know, until then. Like, it yeah, kind of felt like a Stephen Dorff. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, that one. Huh? I said, oh yeah, Stephen Dorff. I said, oh yeah, Stephen. Yeah, he Dorf. was the wasn't he the sheriff or something? Yeah, he was the one with the vendetta. Yeah, Lily, he was the he was, was the, the son of the guy or the father of the guy from t- 3D or something like that. They they tried to tie it in with Texas Chainsaw 3D. I remember that whole angle. No. Bit. I don't know. It's I, I give three D a pass just because of Alexa- Alexandria Daddario. Because uh, th- no matter yeah. how bad that movie is, I can just watch her in it and be happy. Well, so. I like the I, I like the first ten minutes of you know kind of you know picking up where it left off and bringing Mosley in to you know replace Seed out because at least he could bring something to the table. B and Z had worked together, but you know beyond that, like I could turn it off. Ed and I have always said like. The Texas Chainsaw franchise, you could just play choose your own adventure with it. You go this way yeah. or that way or this way or that way. You know, to leap from yeah. here to here and you know, this one follows that one, that begats this one. I oh, like the yeah. dead sunflower field. That was a pretty cool effect where he just pops up at Although moment. that looked I mean, that looked very CG. That when when he popped up out of that field, I was like, that looks like really bad uh, CG. Yeah, he kind of looked yeah. a bit cartoony. Is like you know for the shocking. Yeah. I'm know, still the on the fence finish. about the mask in general. I, I mean, I, I it don't looks know. cartoony to me. It looks really weird. Um, it looks like we'll it was designed say. by we'll, John. I feel I, I feel like John Crickfalusi from Ren and Stimpy had a hand in making that mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like how they got John Larroquette back. So I'm assuming they're gonna have an opening scroll like the first one. So. You know the whole. We'll see. We'll see how much fan service because, like, I, I, I do recall in this trailer, there's a quick shot of him doing the famous leather face dance. So I'm assuming that's how the film ends. So I mean, we'll see. It's it's still a couple weeks away. Yeah, I mean, we got three weeks. What do you yeah, got? When does lose? it come out? It's uh, February 18th. 18th. February 8th. 18th. 18th. I'm gonna put that in my calendar. I gotta remember to watch it. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, it's um, I'm I'm curious where they shot that. Uh, Bulgaria. Is that where it was? Yes. Yes. Bulgaria. Yes. Bulgaria. Yes. Okay. I, I had a feeling it was gonna be some foreign country because that that town that they're in looks totally fake. Um, yeah, it looked like a it looked like a movie set. It reminded me a lot of the set from uh, House of Wax remake. Yeah, yes, you know? yeah, I was getting that vibe too. And that was shot in Australia, I think. Uh, it was like in a field, yeah. like they out in a field, they just built a fake town. And I'm pretty sure that that looks like the same thing they did for this one. Oh, we'll see how. But I got to uh, go to Bulgaria to do a horse hog ground. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um, I think that's where they shot the months. I think that's where they shot the monsters too. So I don't know where he shot that. Probably. Uh, all right. So mean, final, a lot of that the, film is the Rob Zombie right. monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for his work, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with that. But you know, Rob. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, uh, there's a there's a handful of us that appreciate his shit. 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, as I'm, I'm a huge, you know, Firefly fan, so all three of these movies get a pass in my book. But I'm, you know, I'm always wanting to see what he's got in his bag. So I thought you were talking about the series Firefly no. for a second. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what does Firefly have to do with this? It's like, what is going I mean, on? Right Nathan now? Fillion's cool, but you know, anyway, <laughs> liked him in Slither. Um, yeah. All right, so final question, Sean. If you didn't do conventions, where do you see 2022 Sean Clark and why? If if I never got into conventions? Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably still be stuck at a mortgage company trying to sell loans. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I made a pretty good career out of that uh, before I got into doing this stuff full time. Um, although I hated it with a passion, so I'd be super unhappy. Um, right. I don't know. That's a good question, man. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm so fucking lucky that I was able to take the path I have because, you know, it's, you know, I, I was just hanging out with my buddy today who I hadn't seen and shit close to a year and he was just telling me how fucking miserable he is, you know, with his, his life and his job. And, and I'm just listening to him and just, you know, thinking like that could easily have been me, you know? Um, right. Right. And, uh, just, you know, feeling, Using his misery to make me feel better about my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got you. No, uh, I'm kidding, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. It, yeah I, I just I, you know it, I'm very grateful, lucky to have have I I can't believe I was able to create a a career a job out of what I do. You know my my hobby. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, it leaves me scratching my head quite a bit. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I have a real job, uh, and I do bust my fucking ass and I'm good at it. I am, I'm, I'm good at what I do, but, yeah. um, it's just, I, you know, it's, it's crazy to think I was a guy standing in line for hours to meet celebrities at conventions and now you know, I took that and just flipped it to where, you know, I'm on the other side and, right, um, right. it's, uh, and it's all by accident. I mean, people always ask me, you know, how did you get into this and what classes <laughs> did you take in college? And, and I'm just like, dude, I did barely graduated high school and, and I had no, intention of doing this and it literally was a series of events of doors that opened and i went through um you know but for me the biggest move was deciding to do it full-time and quitting my my full-time job and saying you know what if i'm gonna seriously take this to the next level i gotta do it a hundred percent and it was scary because you know I didn't know how long it would last or if it would continue to grow or, you know, for years I've heard people talking about the convention bubble bursting Mm -hmm. and it's never 
bursted. You know, I've seen trends come and go. You know, right. I've seen things, you know, that were insanely popular die down and then something else takes its place. And but that doesn't mean I can't be along for that ride, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. Um, wouldn't be talking to you and tell you that. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I'd I'd be just getting off work right now, sitting in traffic driving <laughs> home. <laughs> so, uh, fair know, enough. Well, Sean, thanks a million for agreeing to do this with us. You've certainly been someone who at least I've admired because of your drive and your personality. You're a good guy, and your yeah, time, definitely, man. Definitely. your time with us means the world. No, oh, I, I I appreciate you wanting to. Actually, hold on, hold on, guys, hold on. This this just came across my news feed. Apparently, uh oh, J- yeah, Jamie Gertz. What? Hey. What's up? What? What's up? No, I I just got a notice. Jamie Gertz, Jane Legro, and Jason Patrick have signed on for the Solar Babies reunion. I'm sorry, I had You're to start so doing that. Shit. You're so full of shit. <laughs> you know, you're a big Solar Babies fan. Come on. You had me for a second. You had me for a second. I met Jamie Gertz. I met Jamie Gertz at a at a PF Chang's in Sherman Oaks. Wow. Uh, of all places, I was I know, in. Right? I, I know. I and and what the fuck was I doing at a PF Chang's in Sherman Oaks? I don't remember, but I was in there. I know I was eating, but why I was in that area? Because I don't live near there. But I was in there one night. And I look over and I saw her eating dinner with her kids. Wow. And uh, I didn't want to bother her while she ate because a big, you know, for all you listening, big no-no is yeah. approaching celebrities while they're eating. Yeah, don't uh, do it, that. It's very, very, very frowned upon. Yeah. So wait until they're leaving. <laughs> so exactly. I did. I I sat there and I waited till she got up and she was leaving the restaurant and I walked out and I introduced myself and I told her who I was and what I did and um, name dropped a couple of her co-stars that I had worked with and right. uh, basically, basically said, look, you know, I don't know if you'd ever be interested in doing a convention, you know, and and she gave me the polite blow off of, oh, call my agent. Uh, 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 you know, and that's the kiss of death. So yeah, you're right. that, that's the. I mean, I, I, Jamie Lee Curtis did that to me <laughs> the first time I asked her years oh. ago. Um, she, I asked her at a book signing, and she said, "Oh, you know, speak to my assistant over here, and and you know, exchange information." I got that person's number. I called that person, and she blew me off multiple times, and and then yeah. I just let it die. And you know, Jamie is the type of person that I have come to find and I I feel Norman Reedus is very similar in this regard that they are the type of people that it is very hard to bring them ideas um, and convince them to do it. They are the type of people that need to have the idea and bring it to someone else. Um, So I just happen to be lucky that, our paths crossed again to where she brought up conventions to me, mm, right. you know, 
of course. Not knowing, not knowing I was the guy that talked to her that time. And she, she didn't know any of that. She didn't remember me, you know, she didn't right. know who I was. Right. Um, you know, I just got lucky. So, um, anyhow, so with that said, you know, if, and you know, when it came time for, or comes time, or if there is ever a time that she decides to do another convention, it's going to be her idea. And she's told me if I ever do it again, you know, I'm doing it with you. Right. And right. I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I don't know if, if you heard me talk about this before. I know I didn't bring it up earlier, but um, we were in discussions for her to do another one just before COVID hit. We'd actually already picked the show. Uh, the, the, the promoter had been told they were going to start promoting it. And then COVID it was going to happen in September, 2020. Was yeah. it Monster Mania? It, she wanted to do Whorehound again. She, uh, okay. I mean, and, and you know, and th- this is another thing that sucks about being in this position. And it's funny, I was saying this yesterday to an autograph dealer who hit me up about her again. <laughs> and ev- I mean, I have probably, and I'm not exaggerating, 15 to 20 different autograph dealers who have said to me they'll pay X amount of money to do a private signing with her. Several of them have said, I'll pay X amount of money more to make it exclusive to just us. And what I said to the guy yesterday, I said, if she decides to do a private signing, if it's going to be a limited amount of pieces Mm -hmm. and there's not going to be nearly enough to go around and I'm going to piss off somebody somebody's going to be mad at me, you know, somebody's going to be like, dude, why the fuck didn't you do it with me? And it's the same thing that happened, you know, with the, when she did her first convention, every promoter that didn't get her was like, but you were fair about that, but you no, 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 they shouldn't have been because that's bullshit, Sean, because you were fair about that. If the story's correct that I heard, it was, there was five conventions and they had, you gave they had to like make a proposal or something like that. So you gave yeah. them all equal opportunity, and she I picked did. the winner. I mean, that's not that doesn't fall on you, buddy. That's that's not you know. Well, you know what? It sounds great on paper, right? But still, <laughs> right, right, they right. you have to understand how how it works. You know, which I don't. So they're right. the promoter. They're the promoter that didn't get her, and fans go, "Hey, man, why isn't she doing your show?" And then, you know, do you think that that promoter is going to go, well, I didn't put together a good enough proposal for her. They're going to be like, fucking this guy takes her there instead. You know, I mean, I I get I end up being the excuse. I end up being the whipping boy and it's going to happen no matter what. And when we were talking about doing a second one, you know, of course, Monster Mania and, you know, all these other shows, Frightmare, they all would love to have a shot at her. But Mm -hmm. she it was really hard for her to trust me and them uh, to do, to do it. And we, you know, we proved, proved it to her and she feels very comfortable that she knows if I have Sean and horror hound do this again, they're going to do a great job because they already showed me they can, you know, right. right, She goes somewhere else taking a chance. 
Yeah, you're right. So, you know, so she she feels comfortable with that situation now because I mean, and this is what she said to me the last time we talked about uh, uh, about it was one of the last times I was talking to her about doing uh, it was a, a private signing. And I said, well, you know, we can raise X amount of money for the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And she said, Sean, I can raise money for the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles a hundred different ways. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't, I don't need to. She's like, I don't need to sign autographs to do that. I don't need to do conventions to do that. She, she can raise. She has so many resources and, you know, mm-hmm. she's so huge. She doesn't need me. She doesn't she's- need them. She. She fucking Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just Jamie know? Lee Curtis, exactly. Yeah. So you know, uh, again, that goes back to what I said about it being her idea. You know. Right. Right. That makes sense. She's not. She. She's the type of. She's the type of personality that isn't going to be pitched. She's going to pitch you. You mm-hmm. know. So. And and you know what? I respect the fuck out of her. She's an awesome lady. Yeah, I, seems like I, it. I'm, I'm so I'm so grateful for the opportunity, even if it was a one time thing. I mean, it was an honor. And uh, and if anything, I'll go down in history as the guy that got her to do it, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and there's you, a fucking you, documentary about it. Exactly. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I it's had no, no idea that's, that would happen. That was nuts. Yeah, it's yeah, a good one too. Cool knots to have. That's that's pretty cool knots to have in your belt, man, for real. Yeah, yeah I mean, I she, mean it, you're friends of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She literally has you in her cell phone right I now. I gotta tell you, yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, one of the 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 coolest moments was this was after this had all happened and everything, and I went to a screening. They did a screening of Halloween at the Egyptian Theater, and her and John Carpenter were there. And they were doing a Q&A, and it's on YouTube somewhere. The, uh-huh. the, the, the footage is on YouTube somewhere. And she start, they were having a Q&A, and, and, and I think I had texted her and said I was going to, you know, I you know, hope to see you there. You know, wanted to just say hi. I actually don't think I actually talked to her that night. But I was in the audience with a buddy of mine, and we're sitting there. And somehow the convention thing got brought up and she goes, she said something like, she goes, oh, you know, there's this guy, Sean Clark. Uh, (laughs) She goes, uh, she goes, you know, she goes, really, what did she say? She said something like really, really handsome goth looking guy. (laughs) That's what she said. Something like that. I, I don't think I'm goth looking, but you know, whatever. Okay. So, and she goes, I think he's here. Sean, are you here? Stand up. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I stand up and she goes, there he is. And, and nice. I'm just like, holy shit. How fucking cool do I feel right now? For real, fucking man. Jamie the Curtis just shouted me out, told me to stand up. I'm like, yeah, that's right, bitches. I'm a fucking baller tonight. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that was cool. I was like, I was giddy as fuck after that. Meanwhile, Carpenter's right there saying that fucking guy again. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. I was I'm about to say Carpenter's sitting there going, Oh Jesus, this fucking kid. This is a fucking uh, rock star. Oh God. This, uh, quit putting this fucking guy on a pedestal, making a career out of our success. <laughs> you know, I really feel he I really think he feels that way. I think he looks at me and feels like everything I am is on his back. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> and in a strange way, it is. In a strange way, he's right. I mean, everything that I'm, if you want to call it famous for or known for, is related to him and his yeah. work, you know? True. I mean, it's, it's it would be Halloween like guy. a George. Lu- yeah. You know, if like if the biggest Star Wars nerd, George Lucas, was fucking bitter because I only people only know that guy because of my movie, you know, <laughs> so, whatever, you know, I mean, I, I'll take it. You know, it's it's, uh, you know, uh, what the fuck? You know, yeah. somebody's got to somebody's got to be the super geek. I'll take it. Mm. So. All right, Sean. So where uh, where can everyone listening find you at? Well, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, um, my my name channel or whatever is at Malfunction, M-A-L-F-U-N-C-S-E-A-N. So it's like the word malfunction. Take out the T-I-O-N and add my name, S-E-A-N. So Malfunction. And, and then on Facebook, uh, it's because I had to start a, a, a one of those fan pages because my personal page is full. It's uh, uh, facebook.com backslash Sean Clark official. Mm. That sounds so pretentious, but that's that's what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's officially pretentious. There's also a, a Horrors Hollowed Grounds Facebook page, okay. uh, so, which I guess is backslash Facebook dot com backslash horrors hollowed grounds and i kind of just fucking post the same shit on all of those if you follow just one you're probably seeing all the same shit so and i'll have all the links um, in the notes for the uh podcast too so okay and then yeah my company convention all stars there's a there's a facebook page for that too um there's also a website but it's more for promoters really i guess and autograph dealers and i you know whomever might be hiring some of my talent for those sort of things. Let me put this out there now, because this is the one thing about I, what I do that I think is probably the most annoying aspect of my job as I probably get, mm, I would say five to 10 emails or messages a day asking to set up a podcast interview with my client. I don't oh, set up interviews. Jesus. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I book them into convention appearances where they make money. I do not book <laughs> them into podcasts where they don't make money. <laughs> right. I work, I work on a percentage basis, you know, me, oh, me shit. spending all day trying to coordinate an interview for your podcast makes me zero money. And, and this is a job, you know, um, don't want to sound like a dick, but Jesus, I'm not kidding you. Like five to 10 requests a day. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially since COVID, cause everybody has a podcast now, everybody has a YouTube show. And then my favorite are like, we have, we have over a thousand subscribers. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I will let Nev Campbell know. about your thousand subscribers (laughs) um it's you know it it's uh come on you know then people are like then some people get attitude don't you want to promote your client it's like they're doing fine on their own you know (laughs) 
I mean, me putting them on your podcast where you have 237 subscribers isn't going to sell them any more autographs at the next (laughs) Monster Mania. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, Uh, you know, a bottom line is, again, this is a job. Yes, Mm. I'm a fan. Yes, I'd love to help other fans. But at the same time, this is a job and I barely have enough time to do my job. I can't be bogged down with interview requests. I just, you know, it's, uh, it's just not feasible. It just, it doesn't make any sense for me. You know, it takes me just as long to have to contact a celebrity to go over a potential convention opportunity as it would to see if they want to do your podcast. You know, I, I, um, <clears throat> no, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> that, that. All right. Well, that's why they have publicists. That's what exactly. publicists do. Now, I'm not a publicist. I'm a personal appearance booker. And you say, well, isn't a podcast, a personal appearance? No, no. It's an in-person like autograph situation, paid, right. paid appearance. Paid. Hey, is that word. You want to give me 20 G's to get you one of those people on your podcast? Okay, then we can talk. You know, <laughs> I'll negotiate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think that's happening. So, oh man, that's funny. Well, on that note, Sean Clark, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, man. And listen, uh, if you find yourself in Hunt Valley this September for Monster Mania, Ed and I have access to a vehicle. I'm going to throw it out there. Three of us head down to the tombs in Georgetown and grab a couple beers. What do you say? There you go. Let's do it. I'm a hundred percent down for that. Sounds like a plan. Because right, I need to go. I need. I need to go there, and I, I will. I will be there. At and oh, and how about this? Uh, that weekend, Monster yeah. Mania. Yeah. That Friday night, September 30th, my birthday. So. Right on. Oh, it's on. Yeah, it's on. It's, it's done. on. It's done deal, dude. Done. Birthday beers <laughs> down so, the tombs. Awesome. Monster Mania weekend. We'll, we'll, it's, we'll start putting it, it together. It's now. done deal. So we got you covered. We'll come back to town. Awesome. I'm in. All right. It. Cool, cool, cool. Once again, Sean. I got to get that episode done. I actually yeah. still need to hit up the New York. I, I still need to hit up the New York episode, uh, the New York locations. So having to go back to Maryland uh, in September is buying me some time to knock out the New York locations because I want it to be a complete episode. I'm yeah, not going to Iraq, though. I'm, I hate to disappoint <laughs> any of my any of my fans, but. I, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna kind of bow out of the Middle East stuff, uh, <laughs> just because I want to. I want to keep my head. So yeah, exactly. So, no okay. I'll just go things. out to any desert where there's a windstorm, and I'll just go. This is where they found Pazuzu. This you is know? where Pazuzu's <laughs> found, right? Yeah. Oh, and my great. guess is that whole area is probably blown up fifty times since then. I so I yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> James Earl Jones still standing there whipping his whistle around in a circle. Oh shit! <laughs> you forgot about that part. I did. What is that? Where's James Earl Jones? And which one, one's one, he in? I think it was. I think it was. In, it was in the second. The, yeah, heretic. It was in the heretic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the second one. I, yeah. I ain't, I ain't covering part two. I did one and three. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched oh, part two shit. once. 
And that was yeah. enough. I'll never watch it again. It's fucking right. so bad. It is. It's mm. terrible. That's great. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks All right, for coming guys, on take board, it man. Easy. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see you for your birthday, buddy. Thank you. I, I look forward to meeting you guys in person. Oh, right. likewise. Right Can't care, wait. Sean. Thanks take a lot. care, man. Have a good All night. Right. All right. See ya. This concludes our broadcast day.